Hello and welcome, folks, to episode 121 of the Ministry of Dice podcast. We're a UK-based podcast talking about all things Dice Masters. I'm Chris, otherwise known online as the true Mr. Six, and that geezer over there... It's Andy, a.k.a. June Brown. Ah. Yeah, I messaged you the other day saying, did you hear about that? And you never replied. I, and I thought, oh, uh, he's grieving. Uh, I was. Well, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. Sad news. Although, sad, but she she lived a good life. Oh, yeah. And she was like, what, 96? 95. Yeah. 95? 95, 96, good. yeah. Good innings. Good innings. And she smoked every Just day. Just goes of her to show, I'm about to say all this stuff everyone was telling us about cigarettes might not necessarily be true. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is true, listeners. Please don't listen to that advice. <laughs> my, my old, my old great granny, Mary, she smoked filterless woodbines all her life, right up until the end. And she got the, le- the Queen's letter. She broke 100. Bloody hell. Just saying. Oh, Just when saying. I first met you, you were smoking cigars like Blinking Hannibal from the A team. I was, yeah. I love me. I love me a nice. Well, a cigarillo. I wasn't smoking like big old fat Havanas or anything. Yeah, you are. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> just, just whatever. It's whatever like suits your imagination. And, uh, <laughs> just like Arnie. <laughs> sometimes, like I just like in my head make things more interesting. I think you know, it appears to be the case, glasses yeah. as more of a <laughs> uh, a blinkered imagination. <laughs> it's probably better that way my friend <laughs> makes life more fun <laughs> absolutely it does well here we are then another episode of the ministry of dice so i suppose we better get into talking some dice mastersy stuff there's we kind of been a indeed. lot going on but not a lot going on do you know what i mean i know exactly what you mean yeah i feel like i'm sat in limbo yeah i mean it's it's a very unusual experience for those outside of north america well not an unusual experience but it's certainly something we've spoken about before so dark felix saga had a street date last month in march released but we still here in the uk and the rest of europe and presumably further afield like the folks over in australia and such like it just today day of recording asmodee uh the european distributor released their their new release sheet for next week and it's not there so it's another week of aye, aye, aye. dark phoenix saga for us here uh, but some good news folks i know some of you have been following along my pre-order from the u.s arrived <laughs> yesterday <laughs> yes only took when was street date the 9th was it 9th of march so yeah Something it's only been about a month <laughs> only took a month to get here now i am I think many people know. The biggest WizKids apologist on the planet. I forgive a lot. But I was starting to get a little bit aggy about it. <laughs> yes, you like, are. I, I ordered with the publisher of the game directly, hoping, operating on the assumption that they would be right out the gate with their own product. <laughs> but it appears not to be the case. It's infuriating not having a... Like, I'm sure previously they've released a date for us in the UK in advance. So even though yes. it was in the US, we, we had a date aiming for at the moment. Like, it's not far from me. I'm feeling like driving up there and having a chat. <laughs> Little <laughs> well, word. Knock on yeah. the door. It's about 45 minutes away from me. Excuse me. Do yeah. you know who I am? All right, yeah. all right, well, we'll leave that with you then. If you do that and then report back to us all, we'd appreciate it. I will do. Count but there's, me. there's nothing... <laughs> 
<laughs> we certainly can. There's nothing worse though than like so in this day and age of social media and stuff. There's nothing worse than that moment, that week when it was released, and the Facebook feeds, for example, and Discord and on Twitter and uh, and such like, was just filling up with people going, "Oh, my pre-orders arrived!" Photos of their boxes, cracking it open. Look at my pulls, or people getting into trading already. I've got this. I'm looking for that. Habs once, and we're just like. <laughs> you know what I mean, and and I, I have to admit, it has made me uh, perhaps noticeably. I don't know. Some people, some of the more regulars, may have noticed that I've just sort of stepped back from it and just been a bit quiet this last month because I've felt very much out of it. Oh, yeah, and I, well, I think many in the in the UK and on the continent and further afield would agree, or maybe not. I don't know. Again, get in touch. Let me know. Am I talking bobbins? Uh, and I'll be here guy, soon enough. You know. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm usually pretty good. It's happening with, there's a momentary random Chris Tangent. There's a, a G.I. Joe classified action figure that I pre-ordered a long time ago, and it looks great. It's got pinless joints. Remember I was talking to you about the joints the other day? Oh, pinless joints. Yeah, pinless joints. Those elbows, man. Jesus. Yeah. And uh, there was a very small allocation of the figure arrive in the United Kingdom. I don't know how small, but some people got their pre-orders and some people didn't just first come first served now the night that it went on sale i made my i went and had a look i made my purchase at 25 past midnight so the stream that announced it finished at midnight and i f5'd for 25 minutes basically so in that 25 minutes there was enough people in the uk before me that i didn't get in on that first run and the same things happened there all the gi joe classified uk pages are filling up with people taking pictures of their brand new outback figure and i'm like oh i don't feel like i'm having much luck with pre-orders right now anyway so yeah it feels it feels like there's a lot going on because we're seeing photos of people running drafts and getting in-store events going and trading cards and cracking open new products Uh, but for us outside of north america it's all it's a bit thumb twiddly at the minute it won't be long we'll get it soon enough yeah yeah it'll be here before we know it although it's uh Mm. i'm suffering it's been so long hasn't it yes it's been so long yeah, and I suppose so, you can make yeah. the argument that we, we've waited this long, what's what's another month or two, but then equally, <laughs> we've waited this month long, it's another month or two. Yeah, no. well, you know, do you know when you need the toilet and you kind of get to the toilet and you, if you if you have to wait a bit longer, it's all right. But when you know there's a toilet in sight, that's when you really need to go. It's all to do with... Is that a thing, is it? Like the, like the psychological, like the that's knowledge it. of it's the It's psychological, the it's because you're presented it. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you want to go to the toilet. It's like that, only with cards and dice. And less messy. <laughs> Less-ish messy. Okay. The searing insights of Andy England, everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. So we haven't got a lot to report, but we have things to report, if you know what I mean. It's funny. But what we did do, actually, moving to our usual first kind of section, uh, is we played some games. So I'll ask you, my friend. Hello. What have you been up to in the last two weeks since we last recorded? Well, uh, is it a, what did we do two weeks ago? I can't remember. I think we we did a second run of the coloured different two two coloured dice. I did blue and red. Blue. Yes, that's red. right. This time you uh, you took the uh, the win, which was oh yeah, Lilandra. Oof. Future editing Chris here, and I said Lilandra just then when clearly I didn't mean Lilandra. I meant Lissadrak from the War of Light set. I obviously had. 
Dark Phoenix Saga on the brain still at this point. So, yeah, uh, Lissadrat from Warlight, not Lilandra. I keep saying Lilandra, but I mean Lissadrat. Uh, back to the show. Which was a shame that Lilandra did his work. I love that card. I used to use it all the time uh, when it came out, but there is a counter to it, but I cannot, can I for the life of me remember, or certainly not. When you bought it kind of really early, I was pretty stumped and I wanted the field stuff. Yeah, well, so I took the damage and it was just like pain in the bum. Yeah, really soften the ground. It's one of those yeah. it creeps up two, on you, isn't it? Two damage as well. Yeah, especially because really there's in this game where there's, there's not the P, PXG, you can kind of like if you're drawing four dice and you haven't got a bag full of dice, most of the time, if you're doing the bag management, so you know, your, your ring res style where you're churning through the the five dice every time usually there's only one character in it so it's pretty much like this is the character i need and now if i field it i take two damage and i know that the next three turns are going to be the same Mm. and like i try to wonky it up by like just messing up the bag order so that i was putting more dice in my bag to try and even it out but those first few turns where you got it so quick that's like two four six like it was like boom really rough yes yeah and the the previous game the week before right i didn't buy her at all no um and you know i I regret that now because she um obviously was a strong choice for the team and i think you know what i think i just chucked her in because i wanted a cheap mask you know what i mean i don't think it it was any more complicated than i was looking at yellow dice because my color scheme was blue and yellow and i went oh here's a here's a decent cheap yellow mask character i'll chuck her in Uh, so you could class her uh, unsung hero in many ways oh yes <laughs> i suppose you could yeah so yeah that was a decent rematch it was good yeah uh and then yeah. last week we did uh modern with one golden card no 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 no, it's no. one dark phoenix saga card dark phoenix saga proxy proxy yeah That's... we were feeling left out folks we were feeling left out so yeah so we <laughs> we decided to dip our toe in with just one Yes. Um, to save, you know, using all different dice and having post-it notes all over the desk. Mm. And that, that game I thoroughly enjoyed. <laughs> that went extraordinarily well for you. <laughs> it did. So I thought um, Chris was going to do the uh, Colossus because he has been harking on about it for about two years. <laughs> and so I thought, well, I'll take it as well. And then you didn't, and it's super strong. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In fact... Uh, I'm I'm less upset about the loss. That's just you know was a loss. I'm more upset about the fact that you got that Colossus Piotr out on the table before I did <laughs> on, the, <laughs> on the stream. That's the that's the thing that bothered me the most because I have been. I've got plans and intentions. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's that- strong. Yeah is strong with the hope so that you can copy it and get it out super quick um i didn't go for any kind of spinny up bits kind of relied on that itself um which because i decided to go all x-men forever box uh or campaign box and associated team packs um yeah you themed it i themed it so it was a theme team but it had loads of x-men goodness in it can't remember what it took now, but it had all X-Men. If you want to know more, you can check out the YouTube video. It's available on youtube.com forward slash Ministry of Dice. But yeah, there was a, a re- very good card that uh, we'll mention later. That was a bit of a an unsung hero, you could say. Mm, definitely a curiosity for sure. Yeah. Uh, very good. Thank you. Uh, well, I'll, I'll 
talk about my teams then. So I've mentioned Lister yep. Drap, but for the Dark Phoenix proxy game, um, I made a Nebula Macho Man Randy Savage team. And this is uh, Macho Man Randy Savage makes you both draw an extra die in your clear and draw step. And Nebula does your opponent uh, lose two life, in fact. Lose two life for an extra die drawn in the clear and draw step. So the plan was to get both of those out, force Andy to draw five, and therefore force him to lose two life at the start of every one of his turns. And uh, I then threw another card in that was a combo I'd spoken about on one of the spoiler vids, you know, in 2018 or whatever. Um, Madeline Pryor aspiring. So she lets me prep two dice when my opponent draws two extra dice during their turn. So the plan was to... Not only would I be drawing five, but I'd have two prepped based on Andy drawing the extra one. That was solid. Well as- that worked for you more than the Nebula, I think. Yes, yeah, it did. It was nice, um, a nice bit of ramp. And uh, I think the the problem is you can't rely on your opponent bringing Swarm or Rush often enough. You know, the types of ramp where they are drawing in their clear and draw steps. Macho Man's just a way of guaranteeing that. But it's an expensive combo. Macho Man's a four-cost. Nebula's a four cost, Madeline Pryor's a three cost. So then there was a big chunk of my team just all focused around getting them cheaper, which was I was using the Cree Captain Clayface combo to do that, um, to discount them down. And then I had the spin down Spider Man for removal, which was another four cost. So, uh, and I just couldn't keep pace. I couldn't remove enough of your level two characters to keep pace with the damage. I mean, hope you were delivering two damage from turn three. It would just put a ticking clock on the game. Um, yeah, it did. You got the Black Widow out. That kind of halved it. That was a good... good that shot. helped. Yeah, that's Black Widow Agent, the promo. Um, and of course, in Dark Phoenix Saga, there's a Mystique that has that same game text, the damage reduction game text. I think it's the oh, rare. It? Ooh, yeah. that's going to be a hard choice, isn't it? Choose that one or the mental... Oh, the, the, I think the mental one might be a super rare, the really good attacky one. Uh, yes. Oh, okay. It's probably less of a choice because unless you have it or buy it, it's still a choice to yeah, make. Yeah, absolutely. And that's an idea that we want to return to a bit later on. <laughs> I was going to say, sure. uh, quite often yeah. is the case that there's more than one version of a card that could be really good. Yeah. Uh, a set of unsung heroes, one might say. Yeah. <laughs> one could say an unsung hero. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was a good game, but I think my team was just broadly underpowered comparable to yours yours was a basically a two two card combo a one dice play with hope compared to my three dice <laughs> a three card combo but fun nonetheless and it was a combo that I wanted to try out and in a more casual setting i think nebula macho man with some extra madeline prior rump has got legs on it um so that, that's it for dice masters other than the fact like i say my dark phoenix saga just uh, one countertop from North America arrived yesterday, and we're planning on opening that up on stream tonight. So no gameplay this week. Uh, we're going to do an unboxing this week. Absolutely. So if well, you're listening now, that should be available to watch on the YouTubes. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So come along and see. Uh, is it uh, you can either celebrate my fortunes or laugh at my misfortunes? Will it be Lilandra's? And Master Molds and Jubilees and Rare Colossuses and Rare Cables, or will it be Rogues, <laughs> Angels, Super Rare Rogues, Super Rare Angels? Uh, will it be some other Rare that I can't even reference off the top of my head because I've paid it no attention 
just some crappy rare that I, didn't, I haven't even paid attention to. <laughs> is there? Um, there's full art uh, backs in this one as well, isn't there? There is. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I've, I've not, I want one. I've not got one yet. Uh, a full out basic action i've got an infinity yeah. gauntlet one i've got uh anger issues i think have yeah nice no because I, well, I bought the set didn't i hold on my binders right here i'll tell you oh no it's big entrance sorry big <laughs> entrance i've got um, awesome. Yeah. So well, fingers crossed. On the Dice Masters front, uh, on the non-Dice Masters front, uh, here's a bit of news. So mm. my Marvel United X-Men oh, Kickstarter look, arrived. Looks cool. Have you put photos on like internet, or they were just sent to me? Uh, what of the game? Yeah. So I posted the boxes on uh, when they arrived on Instagram, and then I've started putting a video series out on the Mod Extra Games and Collectibles channel, uh, looking at the miniatures. So yeah, the minis look great. As a, they do look really great, yeah. As as of today, I've published two videos. I've done the core set and one of the expansions, the blue team. I've got two more videos uh, that I've recorded but not edited Ooh. yet uh, for the X Force expansion, and then the massive box of pledge promos. There, there's like fifty extra minifigures that they give you as part of the pledge. Amazing! What kind I mean, of characters I'm, have you got? What's your favourite characters that you've got in there? <laughs> Uh, you mean in terms of the sculpt and the figures? Yes. Or do you mean my favourite characters as in my favourite characters? Both. Both. Well, uh, so in terms of the sculpt on the figures, I really like the cable sculpt, actually, that's in the X-Force box. It's got loads of nice little fine detail in the sculpt, which I think is really lovely. So, And he's got his big old cannon, and it's just very reminiscent of cable. When I used to read X-Force comics in the 90s, it's got the all the big pouches and the you know the ammo belts and stuff that 90s cable was all about so that's a great sculpt but some of the larger villain sculpts are amazing there's the brood queen which is like a so i would equate it for your understanding uh mate as um like a tyranid style you know xenomorphy sort of thing right but what they've done in in the game uh welcome to the ministry of dice the uh, marvel (laughs) united (laughs) Podcast. but what they've done in the game is they've acknowledged scale so some of the bigger beefier characters are in size and shape bigger and beefier comparable to so wolverine's quite short and stunty which is something that's referenced a lot in the comic books so these are yeah. a bit of a runt whereas Sabretooth is a bit you know is a bit bigger and beefier and the brood queen is massive and like mr sinister's big and uh, and there's a magneto who's kind of floating in the air and stuff so, uh, yeah, there's lots of great figures to like, but I think the cable is my favourite. That's cool, Definitely. and they're, they're all it's all kind of a cartoony kind of kiddie look to them. Like yeah, it's, it's like really a Jap- nice look. Yeah, like a Japanese. Uh, they call it uh, super deformed. Uh, is it chibis? Is that the phrase? So that's that's what I've been calling them, super deformed chibis. I think that's the correct terminology. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like so that's it. a good one. So ch- Check out those videos. I mean, I know there's a lot of folks out here less interested in the stuff I do about action figures and trading cards, but you might be interested in that because I know a few of you out there are tabletop gamers. So over on Mod Extra Games and Collectibles, we're doing an unboxing and a closer look at the minifigures if you want to see what I'm talking about. Uh, and that's it. That's the, the only bit of kind of exciting gaming news. Um, I've not really played much this last two oh. weeks. You've not been very well, have you? No, that's true. Yeah. I don't think I've mentioned that, have I? But yeah, I was. Uh, I tested positive once again, ladies and gents. Another period double, of COVID, double fun. Yeah, 
that's right. Nowhere near as worse as the first instance, though. So I'm definitely an adv- advocate for vaccinations. The triple jab. Yeah, because I definitely do, didn't feel anywhere near as bad as I did the first time around. Nowhere close. Good. However, work said, you're isolating, son. <laughs> Don't come near us. Stay out the office. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> if you insist. Yeah, I'll work from home. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. no to be fair there's people with like vulnerable relatives and stuff and one of my colleagues is going on holiday soon and she was like do not i don't <laughs> don't <laughs> do put me in a position where i have to cancel my holiday yeah so there you go uh so yeah that's it that's that's it on the on the game in front dice masters and non-dice masters hey I'll tell you what though just to very quickly revisit your team and your mention of ant-man we did get some people come out the woodwork so in last episode i mentioned briefly that i thought ant-man was more gray than blue Blue. And uh, a number of supporters got in touch and said, Chris is right, Ant-Man's grey, Andy's wrong. And no supporters what? came out the woodwork to back you up. Yeah, so Rob, Alex, Jay Lachero over on Discord and in our uh, podcast comments from Jay said, Ant-Man is definitely grey. Punch your <laughs> What are you trying to do? You're giving me such an editing job this week. <laughs> um... That's not fair though. That's just like a popularity popularity contest. It's blue, right? So is that so you're so you're saying that the reason they're saying that Ant Man is grey is because I'm more popular than you? Yeah, blue blue like the sky. It's a sky blue. You <laughs> it's get, grey, don't right? go to school, do you? That what? Just the colour of the sky. The sky is grey. It's not sky is grey. Sky is blue. So out, out of five people, yeah. Who have, who have contributed to the discussion. Four have said it's grey and one has said it's blue. Just saying. Team Andy, unite. <laughs> I want at least 20 people to have messaged at some form to say it's blue like it is. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Mom, well, I could, Mom, I could do his thing here. blue. <laughs> Email Chris, he's having a go. Get him to leave me alone. <laughs> Cup of tea, yep. Yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> oh dear. Right, should we tell the listeners what we've got coming up in this episode then, my man? Uh, yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, well, we're going to uh, open up with a community focus, just a bit of conversation around some upcoming events. Uh, so uh, we'll give you the particulars and have a bit of chat about what those events are all about. Uh, then we are going to revisit. We threw a few questions out to the audience in our last episode around what we believed were the least playable super rares. Uh, and we've had some correspondence from some folks in response to that. So we'll least, take a look. Not at- keen. Not keen on that segment now after that if i know why people are writing in right oh i fixed your email thing by the way oh did you yeah although there have been uh, in addition to this there's been a lot of comments about your twenty nine thousand unread emails and (laughs) the like Uh, i haven't seen any of that surprisingly (laughs) troy uh, inquired as to whether an email was more likely to get read if it had less than five lines of text in it (laughs) yeah Ops. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. We're going to revisit that segment and just talk about some of the suggestions that were sent to us, as well as a question. We got sent a question. Oh, and that's then. Excellent. Sorry? I said a question. Excellent. I was just you know, yes. supporting. Yes, absolutely. And then 
Uh, we've got, as we've already alluded to, a, a brief segment on Unsung Heroes. So we've not done an Unsung Heroes for a while, but we're going to talk about cards that we feel might be overlooked because one of their other rarities has been more attention-grabbing. And with that, all that said and done, that should bring us to the end of the episode. So should we crack Fingers on with crossed. it? Right? Absolutely. Email me when you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave you a voicemail. (laughs) (laughs) Right, on to the community focus then. This is London calling. Here is the news. Yes, okay, welcome back then, folks. And here is the news, community focus time. This is where we talk about uh, events and interesting news from around about the community uh, and we've got two events to talk about today uh, i'll start with the new one on the book shall i okay are you right are you having like a little mard now because of the ant-man thing <laughs> i'm just catching up with my emails <laughs> all right then I'll, I'll i'll carry the weight on this one then you you just clear a couple of months and i'll be back <laughs> yeah i expect at least 50 read and deleted by the time we're done on this segment <laughs> it's gone down it's eleven thousand nine hundred and ten. if anyone's interested oh well that's that's like that's a big chunk cut off that's nearly a two-thirds done have you had a, a little sesh on it no i think it must have deleted some off the end <laughs> okay yeah well that's a useful function as well uh, anyway the event so the folks over at dm north have announced the start of their next two team takedown event called two team takedown all out uh, so uh, if you're a regular listener you'll remember that we were talking about their first two team takedown two team takedown the return so let, yeah, let's do the particulars. If you're not aware, then a two team takedown is where you bring two teams to the event, two different teams. You can't have the same card on both teams uh, and you win your round by winning with both of your teams. So they are a bit more intensive in terms of the team building challenge, a bit more intensive in terms of the gameplay. You know, you play your rounds. I think they've set a time limit of like, 40 minutes for each game with up to three games around so you can imagine you know it goes on for quite a while uh the the other key feature is that it takes place online and they you have a week in which to play the your match with your uh announced opponent so when you're paired up um you're given a week window you know you get the pairings on a sunday night and then you've got until the following sunday to play your game so you then hook up with your opponent and organize an online match where you play your two teams out they're kicking it off on monday the 2nd of may it's going to be swiss only no top cuts and it is no bands hence the title all out just standard straight up modern constructed wow yeah which i think is is cool i mean there's a a lot of hunger for that with the injection of new cards for sure It'll be interesting to see with that and with the next event that we're about to talk about, kind of what starts to come to the top, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, A couple of other notes on two-team takedown. Uh, They're capping it at 32 players. So if you are interested in playing, move quick, get on over to DM North, um, log into their uh, challenge on their webpage and sign yourself up. I'll put the link in the show notes down below. And also bear in mind that the deadline for team submissions is Wednesday, the 27th of April. Uh, so make sure you're on top of that. Oh, start building now and get your uh, mm. applications in. 
Yes, yeah. Uh, a couple of other things that Jordo asked me to mention, uh, just as a side note here. If you are outside of North America and you haven't got your hands on any Dark Phoenix saga, then don't worry, they're, uh, they're happy for you to use proxies in this instance. So yeah, fire away with proxies if you've not managed to get your hands on any Dark Phoenix saga. The other thing uh, that Jordo mentioned was that the... Uh, so one of the criticisms that Two Teen Takedown sometimes receives is that because it takes place over a number of weeks, you know, you're playing the same team for, let's say it's five rounds, you know, you're playing the same team over five weeks. Uh, and if it very quickly becomes apparent early doors that your team's not strong enough to compete with the other teams that have been brought to the table, it can be a bit of a slog working your way through the remaining weeks, the motivation to carry on. Uh, diminishes so what they've done is they've introduced uh, a little uh, rule where at the end of round two everybody has the option to switch one card out on each of their team and you Ooh. then resubmit the new version of the team so a kind of like a mini sideboardy type thing but not quite because you don't have to declare your cards up event up ahead so if you're finding that you've wildly misjudged the meta and you're having a bit of a miserable time halfway through the event there's an opportunity just to do a, a small amendment, a minor amendment, to strengthen your team up so that it's not so so much of a beat down for the remaining yeah, put games a Becky of you. <laughs> yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. Um yeah, or a master mold or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be very curious to see how that works. We I know down at my local gaming store we've certainly done legacy campaigns and stuff where we've played the same teams for a month or something. And we've done this a similar kind of option where you're able to swap cards out or have a sideboard and i've just found that it creates a kind of cyclical situation where you know you all just change out for the one counter for the team that's most causing you pain if you know what i mean yeah so it doesn't it's like a weird it's hard to explain but so i'll be very interested to see if that works if a it combats that challenge of oh man i brought more a more casual team than really this event <laughs> is asking for i'm getting battered and it's making me sad kind of thing whether it mitigates that uh, but i'll be also interested to see how people navigate that opportunity to switch cards out and how they work with it you know like you say do you just add another win condition throw a becky in because i've not got one um or do you go for some kind of utility control against something that's been causing you pain I don't know, it'll be interesting to see. So I'll be watching that element closely. Really interested in that. Me too. Uh, thank you. Yeah, you crack on with those emails. <laughs> then, uh, so that's an online event. So that's open to everybody internationally. But uh, this this next event is a UK-based event uh, that we're hosting at the UK Games Expo. So it's the, the Summer MOD PDM taking place on Saturday the 4th of June. We're kicking off at one in the afternoon, and we are also doing a open, modern, constructed event. So, uh, no bans, other than obviously the standard WizKids ban list. We're very keen for people to come along and join us there, both at the UK Games Expo, just because it'll be great to see everybody, but also to come and take part in the event. We are, it's a chargeable event. We have got prize in. We'll be publishing that soon. Um, <laughs> yeah, which will be interesting. Uh, see, <laughs> see what comes of that. See what's in those envelopes. Um, and yeah, and that's about it, really. The the sales are slow. There's like four players so far, but it, we're into April now. The event's in June. It's warming up, uh, and we really need people, if you're considering coming, to get online, book your ticket. Um, it really helps us out with the UK Games Expo because they're obviously logistically trying to manage 
space and table allocations and such like. So if you're pretty certain you're going to be playing, well, not pretty certain, if you know you're going to be coming and playing, uh, then please do hop on and get your ticket bought. Before it sells out. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I I also think that um, sometimes, I don't know, again, maybe someone will tell me otherwise, but I think when you see more tickets sold, it makes people more inclined to sign up for the event, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I get that because you know it's going to be uh, yeah, it's going to be popular. So yes, yeah, up. absolutely. Come along, meet us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dark Phoenix Saga is allowed. We're told it will be here by the time June rolls around, but you know <laughs> how much confidence I've got in that is yet to be seen. Yeah, yeah. You, you get do that forty-five minute drive for us. Um, but uh, yeah, but both of those, as I mentioned before, are full-on modern constructed, no bands, uh, because there's a hunger for it. I think people are eager to get the new cards played, kind of investigate and root around in the in the new meta and see what kind of an impact some of the newer stuff is going to have. You know, is Becky going to remain the queen? Is Godcatcher going to keep his crown as the king? You know what I mean? Is uh, is Thor out now that Jubilee's on the scene? You know, stuff like that. These are questions that need to be answered. Is Master Mold as terrifying as we all anticipate it being? I'm sorry, say again, mate. It needs to be answered. Yes, indeed. And it is our hope that the two-team takedown and the UK Games Expo will answer those questions. Is there a place for Super Rare Lilandra? There has to be. Can you win an event with a Super Rare Rogue? Doubt it, but you never know. Is it time for villain teams to make a return? So many questions that need answering. If we had the cards, we'd answer them. But we can't. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, I do. Maybe. It's a sealed box Maybe. right now. Here it is. Oh, Here's what are you going to get? What are you going to What super are you going to get? You can't so believe how much, self, how much self-control I'm shocked it has taken. I'm opened it. it. Yeah, it arrived in the post. The postman was late yesterday. So it arrived in the post late morning. And, um, yeah, it's taken every bone in my body every ounce of willpower that i have and i don't have a lot of willpower to not just crack that open straight away still got the cellophane on it though. i don't know if you can hear that yeah cool we'll find out <laughs> on the youtube yes absolutely um and then while, while you're logged on visiting youtube head on over to dm-north.com and go to the two team date down page and sign up for that and then go over to BritRoller6.com, have a look at the UK Games Expo stuff, and sign up for that. Even if you're in Australia, just sign up. <laughs> yeah, do it. Yeah, just fly over. It'll be fine. I mean, I say UK only. Of course, everyone's welcome. I'm just assuming yeah. that the practicalities and the cost of that might not be, you know, but yeah, viable you could do. I, mean, I don't know. what like That Essen, loads of people go to Essen, don't they, from all over the shop. I don't know what it's like for the UK Games Expo. I'm not sure if it has the same pull. But certainly if there's yeah, anyone from you know, Europe or further that wants to come and play Dice Masters with us, you're more than welcome. Yeah, absolutely. And just overall, the UK Games Expo is a tremendous event. The yeah, third largest great. board gaming convention in the world. So much stuff to see and do. Yeah, absolutely. And you get accosted the- by these smelly men that want to make you play their games. They're always a bit smelly because they're, you know... Busy working. Is that just in Birmingham City Centre? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> come and try out my RPG or come and try out this new game and get to sit down and play a game with them. It's exciting. It's good. 
<laughs> yeah, you've really sold it. <laughs> I mean, you could argue that you and I are both two of those. I'm certainly one of those beardy, smelly men who's telling people to come and play their game. <laughs> <laughs> We're worse. We have to make them pay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, there's so much cool stuff to, to like to see there. It's um, uh, it's great, and it's huge. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it'll be back up to full fighting strength this year with the three halls and whatnot. All right then. Well, uh, that's 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 done it for online events. But don't forget, folks, if you ever want us to give you your event a shout out, if you want to try and attract some uh, new players, even if it's just down at your your local game store and you just want to ask us to see if there's anyone in your local city or whatever uh, that's that doesn't know you're playing, then by all means, drop us a line. We'll be more than happy to put the word out for you. Jobs right. are getting. Absolutely, yeah. Should we now move on to the next segment and talk a little bit about some of this correspondence that we've received? As long as we don't speak about Ant-Man, then that's fine. Uh, right, okay, yeah. I can't promise anything, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> okay, welcome back then, folks. I'm still chuckling about what we just had a chat about in between. <laughs> the say bits in the between are better than the actual content, to be fair. <laughs> just, just like bin off the content and just do the bits in between. <laughs> But they're so unrelated to Dice Masters a lot of the time. <laughs> I suppose that's tangentially. At least it was a nerdy thing that yeah, we were yeah. talking about. If you're interested in hearing us listen, talk about more than just Dice Masters, then check out uh, Mod Extra. It's a monthly Twitch stream where we talk about all things nerdy, uh, movies, TV, other whatever comes to our heads. Uh, and you can see it and interact with us live. <laughs> yeah although even then that doesn't really cover the same territory that we that we cover in the in-betweeny bits where we're just napping <laughs> weight loss oh dear right okay or weight gain as the case may be oh, yeah. <laughs> well it's correspondence time we don't often do a segment of this nature but we threw a question out to the audience in our last episode and we got a few responses and we felt like we should give them uh, the time and attention that they deserve. So uh, just to catch you up, if you've not heard our last episode, we were talking about what we believe were the four least playable super rares in the Dark Phoenix saga set. But discuss then, how can we make them playable? Or does anyone have any combos or ideas to get them on the table? Because we're big believers in making sure the cards don't go dusty, that things get used. And the four super rares we mentioned was the Beast Xavier's Dream, Angel Xavier's Dream, uh, the Rogue, whose subtitles just suddenly eluded me, and the Wolverine, whose subtitles also eluded me. But it was the, those four super rares. Xavier's Dream. <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> that sounds consistent. What kind of a, dream? Uh, Xavier's Dream for uh, mutant and human, you know, peaceful coexistence. That's oh, like his, his aspirations as a dream, as opposed yes. to like a dream dream. No, no, yeah, it's not. It's not just like him waking up in falling. He's in school without his trousers on or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah being chased, <laughs> yeah. having a nightmare about a scary clown. <laughs> oh, don't talk to me about clowns. Uh, okay, I won't. Yeah, so, let, let's talk a little bit about some of the uh, correspondence that we received in relation to that. So, the the first one I wanted to point out was uh, our friend Dana, uh, a previous 
online UK Games Expo winner, in fact. Uh, does Dana pretty well. Went, yeah, that guy knows his Dice well. Masters. It does. He does know his Dice Masters. But Dana Previous guests. Absolutely, yeah. Interviewed as a result of his previous virtual UK Games Expo win. Um, but he went to the lengths of actually building a team out of two of the super rares that we mentioned. Um, so he focused in on the fact that both the Beast and the Angel have got a sidekicky element to them. So the Beast uh, gets a stat bump, plus one, when he's in the field with an active sidekick die. And then Angel prevents your opponent from targeting your sidekicks with global abilities. Uh, and so he kind of focused in on that uh, and thought about essentially building a psychic team with the beast as extra muscle and the angel to provide a bit of protection against things like uh, you know static field and whatnot uh, which was quite interesting and he dug out the classic black widow widow's bite to add even more stat bumpage to your characters your sidekicks and your beast he had hope on the team because basically every team now includes a hope that's like compulsory to have hope some as pluripotent echopraxia uh, but the idea was to, uh, and he's got Mr. Sinister in there as his sidekick making global. So the idea is to build up a little army of sidekicks and beasts, get Angel out to keep your sidekicks protected from globals, and then either a venerable dreadnought or use your hope to copy the rare cable, you know, the double printed attack one to, to really drive through the damage. So the venerable dreadnought was removal to ping stuff off or the cable to just make your overcrushing beasts even more terrifying. So, yeah, there you go. Thank you very much, Dana. Thanks for getting in touch. Uh, I, I mean, I think that is the clear route with that beast, is to try and maximise the fact that he's getting that little stat bump, because obviously his other characters, other rarities of his character have got the overcrush as well. Hmm. Um, so really appreciated that then the other super rare that we mentioned that got a lot of attention was the super rare rogue so I suppose I better yes. bring it up in front of me doesn't it energise your uh, opponents you know choose a character to get zero attack yeah uh, rogue strength absorption it is and it is you're right it's energised target character die has zero attack this turn Boom. Um, and, no and so we we <laughs> yeah we were a bit skeptical about it because it's like well you don't really want to be making opponents characters not attack as much on your turn as you would want to do on their turn but you can only really trigger the energize on your turn so yeah what's that all about and uh rob pettifor and nick worley both friends of the podcast uh, well known in the community hello gents they, they both sent some suggestions in for using the rogue so let's start with rob's one thing he pointed out was that it could be good anti uh re-roll tech so you know cards that re-roll your dice? Yeah. The rogue, as a fielded character, then becomes you know a deterrent for characters that make you re-roll your dice because there's a chance that you re-roll her in on Energize and you can reduce a character in their turn to zero attack, uh, which I thought was interesting. The conversation went in the direction of Becky Lynch, but then there was some further conversation around the fact that becky lynch is you may re-roll up to so yeah um there's uh, the so um gambit that makes you re-roll everything coming up isn't it yes yeah absolutely and there's the storm uh, i don't know if she's may or must but there's the storm that makes you re-roll stuff and the psylocke that makes you re-roll stuff so as a kind of bit of anti-re-roll tech so if your opponent's using re-roll things 
as removal if you're rogues, you're blockers, and it's the only blocker you've got in the field, then yeah. there's a chance that you might be able to pull your ass out the sling by making the thing they're about to attack you with <laughs> zero before it gets to attack him. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. And then uh, Rob also mentioned the Adam Warlock, the uh, what rarity is it? Let me bring it up on screen in front of me rather than trying to run off my memory. It's the Energized one. It's the, yeah, the super rare from Infinity Gauntlet called Leader of the Infinity Watch. Uh, and he says, while active, when a die with Energized is spent as energy and leaves the reserve pool, roll it. On any energy face, use its energy Energize effect. So what Rob was suggesting was that you have that rogue as energy in your reserve pool for your opponent's turn. Mm. Spend it on a global in your opponent's turn to then use its energizer uh, to then roll it with the option to possibly use its energizer effect. It's got to be easier ways. Well, maybe, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's, uh, I mean, both Nick and Rob are very capable brewers. They spend a lot of time brewing these janky combos. Rob did pretty well with a Adam Warlock kind of combo using the rare black widow in the past. So he was kind of looking at it in that ballpark, mm. but you know, that's just the first couple of suggestions out the gate. I thought, um, yeah, we should bring them up. and then Nick on the rogue, <laughs> his is even more convoluted is the black swan was his suggestion. Uh, the rare black. Oh, God, swan what's that? Yeah. So she, her subtitle is Yabat Umon Turu. And she reads when one or more of your black swan character dice attack, you may re-roll any of your active character dice, but on the double burst face, he says you may also re-roll any of your active character dice when one or more of your black swan character dice block. So he was saying, get a spun up to level three, you know, with a Zatanna, a Power Almighty, an Energy Field, whatever, so that she's on the double burst face. Mm. She's one six six at that level anyway, so she's got good stats. And then use her as your blocker, but then re-roll your rogues. Right. Uh, again, with in a kind of whatever that is a two in six chance, a, you know, a thirty three percent chance of rolling Rogan on Energize so that you can make your opponent's characters zero. So he, yeah, he used a hypothetical. He said, like, yeah. imagine your opponent's attacking you with, let's say, a uh, a Godcatcher and an Eddie Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero to stop things like static field shenanigans, you would then block Eddie Guerrero with your Black Swan. And because you've blocked with that, you re-roll your Rogue, bring her in on two energy, and then reduce the Godcatcher down to zero. I think I can imagine it being quite hard to pull off, or it'd be, you know, you need... Yeah. Well, it's it's the same problem again, really, isn't it? That energizes bobbins. <laughs> yeah. Can't rely on it. <laughs> yeah doesn't work when you want it to and does work when you don't want it to you know what i mean so yeah. with, with rogue when you want a fielder to be a blocker in the field for one of these combos she'll roll on energize but then when you have finally got her out in the field and you want to roll her on energize she'll you know just roll character face again because that is how That's... energize works <laughs> it is yeah but that Maybe. said in terms of facing the challenge and thinking a little bit outside of the box and finding creative ways of using a couple of those super rares, um, our thanks go out to Dana, Nick, and Rob. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate you taking the time to write to us. Yeah. Not much in the way of suggestions in relation to Wolverine, though. Uh, I think Wolverine's just 
solid. Like, I don't think he's yeah. bad. Sure. He's, he's, he's basically, he's the prep. He's the prep global, which is fine, which is brilliant. And um, if all things go to pot and you've got an X-Men team, you can use it. Basically, if you've got an X-Men team, you're going to choose that over Atlas. Yeah, for sure. It makes no sense. And then, and yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's so there right. we go. But the, it's all right. It's all right. It's decent. Uh, but the challenge is still out there, folks, so please feel free to get in touch if you've got any further thoughts or suggestions on how to make those least playable super rares playable. How janky can you get those combos with Rogue? Let's see how far this goes. <laughs> Let's get down the rabbit hole, boys and girls. <laughs> uh, so that's the uh, the kind of housekeeping on the question we presented to the listeners in the last episode. But uh, our friend Stephen, regular emailer and correspondent with the podcast. Hello, Stephen. I hope you're well. Um, he's a a little bit behind he's only just listened to the rj retro episode and he was curious his question was you know if you had a returning player like rj what would you recommend in terms of the first campaign box stroke team packs to pick up Um, he he made his own suggestions he suggested uh, top of the list for him would have been uh, troubling water deep he then suggested that wwe would be next and then finally, uh, the Justice campaign box with the Harley Quinn team pack. Those are those are his mm. recommendations, which is interesting. But he was asking us; he wanted to know what what we would recommend. Okay, uh, yeah, Harley Quinn team pack is um, is a good solid one. Did he, sorry, did he say Thunderbolts as well? No, he said um, he said Justice with the Harley Quinn team pack. Ah, the okay. WWE campaign box and the Troubling Waterdeep campaign box. That's in reverse order. Is top of his right. list was uh, Waterdeep. I think the Thunderbolts team pack as well. It's got some good solid uh, entries in it. Uh, you've got the Atlas as well as um, Ant Man. That blue dice, <laughs> which is well. grey. Yeah, yeah, which is blue meteorite. There's a few solid gray. ones in there. Uh, which is cool. Campaign box. If I was to pick a campaign box, oh, I've got them all in front of me. Um, I, Avengers Affinity, I wasn't too enamoured with. WWE, to be fair, I wasn't particularly enamoured with either. I'd probably go Justice. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's a question of what you're trying to do. So, um, you know, the deeper question here is that if you're at your local gaming store and you're introducing some new players and you're bringing them into the fold through the Dark Phoenix Saga release, then the next step is to get them set up with their campaign boxes on the shelf in your local store, isn't it? And the question is, what what is it you want to try and do? So I suspect Stephen, he didn't elaborate, but I suspect Stephen was recommending Troubling Waterdeep and WWE because those are the two sets that have got big competitive meta staples in them like wwe sets you up with becky lynch eddie guerrero uh etc etc uh troubling yeah. water deep has got the god catcher in it um and useful stuff like istrid horn etc Portal. yeah um so i suspect that's where he was going uh, uh, which justice does to a degree because it's got the green lantern human in it for example which is the kind of just skirting the edges of the top tier yeah, um, it's got some nice um, card interactions between the Justice League as well. So I know not top top yep. tier, but you do have the different characters. They they always do seem to interlink very well together. Um, yes, and the cards are beautiful. Yeah, the Alex Ross artwork for sure. I totally agree with you there. So I would lean more towards Justice and Harley Quinn as a sort of say, say pick it up, pick up those two. There's your, you know, there's your 
50 bucks that'll get you started good because i like to lean into the theme and i think that justice will set you up with a few nice competitive bits or certainly stuff you can build teams around you, know, you can build a team around batman you can build a team around the green arrow hawkman combo you can build a team around a couple of your legion of doom guys like parasite yeah. stuff. but it's also got the theme you can really lean into the theme like you say the great artwork the fact that there's nice uh, that that uh brotherhood uh, not brotherhood I'm thinking X-Men there. The uh, Legion of Doom versus Justice League. You know, you've got all that kind of stuff going on. So I suppose it depends what you want to do. But great question, Steve. And absolutely, I think it's something that we should all be thinking about is that if people are encouraging drafts in store, there's increased interest from returning or newer players, which was the whole point of having RJ on. That was the point of that discussion was to sort of say, right, what's on the mind of a returning player? What do I need to be mindful of? of as a community member in order to reintroduce them into the fold um i think you're right it's a great question what would you recommend what should you be on the lookout for uh, that's peg warming in your local gaming store to, so that these newer players can get a good start and it's probably a bit cheaper now as well that's the other thing yeah 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 living out for a while yeah, yeah. so uh wonderful question steve thank you very much for getting in touch and uh, again like with the super rare suggestions we thought it was worthy of a few minutes in the podcast uh and we'll throw it out to the audience once again what have you been recommending i know that i've definitely seen on facebook and such like there was a a draft a photo of a draft just the other day five players uh, and the person who made the post said uh, i'm the only you know long-standing player the other four players were brand new and they loved it you know that's the kind of example we're talking Fantastic. about here isn't it yeah so uh, whoever that individual is i'm sorry i've forgotten your name while i'm sat on the mic right now but get in touch what did you then recommend to them what was the next step how did you you know what what was the bit of crack that you sold him <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i mean how, how did you get them going um steve thinks we should be pointing out the troubling water deep the wwe and the justice campaign box and i think i agree although i'd probably put justice a bit higher yeah x-men forever's pretty good i played the the game last week was solely from that set and there were some proper nuggets in there that I hadn't really thought about before. Unsung heroes you could say. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well again I suppose it's, it's that question. At the heart of it is what what are you trying to do? What's the kind of culture of the local community that you want to foster? What are their interests? You know, if it's theme, X-Men Forever is great, isn't it? Great for theme. Making little X-Men yeah. teams, making little brotherhood teams, a little bit of Hellfire Gala x-men villains and stuff you could really lean into that uh, but you're not wrong there is some like the jubilees and things you can build around yeah awesome cool anyone else written in uh no that's it o- other than the guys other than the guys that pointed out that you were wrong about ant-man i would say i've got a letter okay go on then i don't know how they got my address I it says dear andy Ant-Man is blue. Many thanks. Mum. <laughs> okay. There you go. Well, I'll, I'll discuss Finally that resolved that one. <laughs> I'll have a chat with her later. <laughs> Bit of Ant-Man pillow talk. Right then, should we move on to the next segment? Let's do that. Let's do it. Okay, on to the Unsung Heroes then. Right, okay then, on to our third featured segment here, and the subject of this segment is Unsung Heroes. Uh, we've not done one for a while, but this was something that you felt particularly strong about, isn't it, Andy? Yeah, it kind of came about with the uh, the game last week, uh, where I picked out cards from the X-Men Forever 
box uh, and I was looking for different X-Men characters to go with the Colossus. Uh, and um, uh, one thing sprung to mind was that quite often when there is a certainly a, a very, very good card uh, from a, um, a, a choice of usually three, that the others get overlooked. Uh, you don't even bother to read them because you can't put more than one on your team when you reach for that one. Uh, so in this particular instance, I was looking for cheaper X-Men characters because I wanted to get as many in the field as possible. And I was having a look at the Mimic. Now, the Mimic, uh, which is called Flying, Blasting, Slashing, is one that's very popular. It has got a lot of text on it. <laughs> it is fun. Um, it's fun to play with. Um, which is cool and basically it means either you get a copy of your opponent's dice or they all get knocked out so it's it's good removal um and also you've got the option of maybe taking the the ability off of your uh, uh, opponent as well which is very cool how is the forecast and i look i thought well you know what i've not even thought about these other two let's have a look and one that definitely caught my eye uh which was a three cost a super cheap uh and it's basically it's Mimic Calvin is a three-cost mask, uh, and it's whilst active, when an opposing non-sidekick character die is fielded, all of your active Mimic character dice become copies of that character die until you no longer have an active Mimic character die, or a new opposing non-sidekick character die is fielded. Your Mimic (laughs) dice also retain the abilities written on this card. So basically, every time your opponent fields a dice, you get a copy of it. Until they feel yeah. something else when you get a copy of that. You feel that. And, and it's perhaps it's even multiple copies if you've got several mimics out. Oh, yeah. So imagine if, like, it didn't happen, but if um, your, your opponent feels the nine cost overcrushing, overcrushing, Thanos, suddenly you've got, you know, three, three to, to, to defend and attack again next turn. And it, and it caused some just, made Chris think or have to think differently or have to try and take it yes. into account, uh, which is mm. one of the big things when, when playing Dice Masters is, is if you can get your opponent off kilter and having to think about something else, then it's putting them off guard. It's definitely to your advantage. And it, and it just did that yeah. without really having to think too much about it. Yeah, I mean, in the particular situation that made us realise the potential here, uh, or maybe the potential here was the I was this was the Nebula Macho Man Randy Savage team that I mentioned earlier, and what I didn't want to do I had two characters that I was rolling, and what I didn't want to do is end up giving you a copy of the Nebula because my Macho Man Randy Savage was making both of us draw an extra die, so it would have just handed you another win condition basically, and you were already smashing me with your Colossus as it was, so I rolled the two characters in thinking right well i'll field nebula first make your mimic a copy of that and then field the other character i can't remember who it was but field the other character second and that, that'll then make them all copy of the second one so i'll be safe but of course i whiffed the other character and only had the nebula and in that moment i elected to not field my own nebula because i felt like it would be too damaging to let your mimic copy her and become another route i'd have to get rid of my own macho man and everything would have just crumbled down even more than it was already crumbling so there's just an example of kind of the tough choice that i had to make and a painful choice that i had to make that that mimic led to happening but afterwards we were talking about it and we were saying like master mold imagine putting your mimic in the field and waiting for your opponent to drop a master mold (laughs) 
<laughs> and copy their master mold and have a token yeah. maker of your own. You know, that was that was the specific example we were curious about. Now it might be, you know, obviously your opponent can make three tokens in the turn they field the master mold. You've only got the capacity to produce two, but it's interesting. It's just curious, isn't it? Like you say, could it be an unsung hero because we've all been using recurring removal from flying blasting and slashing? It's yeah. It's it's definitely something that. As an opponent, I think if you think about it, you'll be able to, to a degree, work around. You know, by saying that, like as I said earlier, with the list of Drac, we're not in a place where we can roll loads of dice and loads of characters. I mean, there are a few different ways of doing it, but for the most part, like you know, we're not the PXG. We're not, you know, rolling everything um, every turn. And if if you are up against, you've got this card, and you're up against a team that is kind of going for a, you know, a, a probably field a character per turn then it's going to be hard to chess around and you could end up with you know three costs mask get your asuka out or asuka or whatever it is um get these up super cheap max four so for four masks yeah. get all four out and then and have it oh you, you've you fielded a becky i've got four yeah. Oh, you put your master you know? mold out. Lovely. Thank you. Amazing. I'm going to be making eight tokens next turn. <laughs> eight tokens this turn. How do you like them apples? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, you brought Dark Phoenix Saga Global. How useful. Thank you. <laughs> I'll attack with all four of my mimics, make four tokens, and then KO all four, make another four tokens. I've now got eight. <laughs> sentinel tokens how many have you made three oh that's oh. <laughs> yeah absolutely um so yeah really interesting and i think one that we're planning on experimenting with more and we'd be curious to know if anyone out there has played around with that mimic and if you've got any funny stories fun stories to tell about copying opposing win conditions and such like because yeah that's caught our eye yeah. what it did do and though I- is it made me th- oh go on I was it, it kind of went certainly under my radar a bit. Um, and, uh, I think I've said previously, I don't often get an idea of, of how they work until I get it on the, uh, on the table. But for this one, I was just like, Ooh, it doesn't need to combo with anything. It's, it's a good bit of, of control. I was trying to go for cards with more text on as well. So that ticked that box, uh, six lines if you're interested. Nice. Yeah. Let's acknowledge that for a moment, everybody. Thank you very much. That's probably why I hadn't ever heard of it. Everyone's probably been using it for years. Um, but I just discounted <laughs> it straight away. To That's be fair, flying, blasting, stash, slashing. The, the re- I've rarely used that because it's got too much. But not anymore. <laughs> New man. Yeah, very good. I'll tell you what would be interesting is if you got a mimic out before your opponent got their hope out and then they fielded a hope copying something like, um, I don't know, uh, the rare cable or the rare colossus from Dark Phoenix Saga. And you copy Hope. What do you copy? Do you copy what she's copied, or do you copy her text? You said copy a lot in that. <laughs> I did, yeah. Well, I'm sure there's some rules lawyers out there who can assemble and uh, navigate their way through that for me and uh, drop me a line, uh, jump into our Discord or on Facebook and let me know, because I'm curious about that one. Because that would be really strong, then. If you could get your mimic out, before you're you know if you're first if you get the first turn for example if you can get yeah. your mimic out before they get their hope out and they're playing a hope colossus combo or a hope cable combo then if it copies what hope copies because she adopts their game text rather than copying hope's copy text <laughs> if you know what i mean but then if you copy hope's copy text 
then you could copy something else on your team. Yeah. Yeah, but you wouldn't be fielding because your mimic could already be in the field and hope copies when she's fielded. Right. So it so you would just have a really pointless card if that's the case, which I suspect is probably what, what the rules mm. lawyers will say is like, no, it copies what's on Hope's card. But if it copies what Hope copies, then that could be really strong because you could be like, oh, you've just made a Colossus. Well, I've got one now too. Or I've got four. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, which could be interesting. So we're thinking about your master molds in the world, but it could be interesting. Or if they field a Lalandra, you know, there's a very good chance you'll get a, a mimic out before a Lalandra. You know, the yeah. six cost super rare that does the two life loss when an action or a global is used. And they say, Oh great, thanks for that. That's really thanks for handing me that you did all the work to afford the six cost. <laughs> And you've just given me the control as well. That's really helpful. Thanks. It does remind me a bit like the collector, the old collector, where you could nick someone else's card. Dice. Uh, yes. Dice off yeah, the yeah. card, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Obviously, completely, it's and got I, that same feel to it, though, where you can like abuse your opponent's team or use their I, whatever they've brought. Yeah, I did that a lot. <laughs> yeah. But a, a three-cost. I say with the uh, um, Asker, you're looking at, a one, it could be a massive thorn in someone's side. If 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 a, if a team's like all, if their opponent's teams all when fielded abilities less so much. Um, but even if like for example that sage that did my head in, um, mm. that and it's gonna like every time you try and counter a counter, it's gonna just take um, whatever you fielded last. I suppose there's no longevity to it, and all you need to do is like field of vanilla something yeah but you could i, I mean the the possibilities are, are growing here in fact i think so much so that we'll just we'll just leave this segment on this card i don't think we'll talk yeah. about the other one because i was just thinking that um so your counter to it is to make sure that you're then fielding another character for your opponent's copy now in theory your opponent should only ever be fielding characters that are useful you know what i mean um, yeah. but they could make a decision like I was trying to do to say, well, my nebula is too powerful for you to be able to copy. So I'm just going to try and get this, whatever it was. I can't even remember, but it was something Danny that I felt Moonstar? was less. That's right. Yeah. I was using the Danny moon style that does one damage when you draw a character. Thank you. Yeah. That was it. And because I had my black widow out, I was like, yeah, you can copy her because my black widow will negate it. That's exactly what it was. Yes. But what you, you could, is there a way then of punishing someone for going wide that way that they're going to have to constantly keep refielding characters or lining up two characters to field in a turn? So I don't want you to copy my master mold. So I'm going to have to line up a master mold and another to make sure you don't copy master mold. Yeah. So you're going to have to, aren't you? Yeah. So is there then a way of punishing them for fielding lots of characters or building a wide field or just using removal effects of your own to make sure that then, then, because you have to KO the Master Mold to get the the maximum net potential out of it. You have to KO Master Mold to then refield it and attack again, don't you? Yeah. So, but your Lalandras of the world and your Jubilees of the world, just some good KO removal in your team, say, right, okay, well, yeah, you've outmaneuvered me. You've managed to make me copy some scrub, but I'll KO that Jubilee. <laughs> so you have to refield it next turn, and I'll copy it next go. That's okay. And my own mystique or whatever will reduce the damage by once. That's fine. Cheers. Yeah. So I think really good yeah. card. Really cool card. Yeah. Unless there's something we're missing, which is also yeah. you know, often the case. Likely. So 
in addition to asking the audience, have you played around with it? Have you got any ideas with it? Does it have the potential that we think it has? Is it an unsung hero that's gone overlooked? Or is there something we're missing? You know, so please do let us know on that front as well. I know how there are those of you out there who just love to point out when we're off the mark. So <laughs> here's, here you go. Here's one on a platter for you. <laughs> please come at me, bro. Um, yeah. I think it's solid. I don't think it's top tier, but I still think it's got a place in a, in a, in a lot of teams. It's got that kind of eighth card slot. If you're not sure what to put in, you know, it's, mm. it's one that you could just plonk out there and, and then see what happens and just, you know, might do something, might not do, but you know, it's, it's a lot of options. And as you said, like something with the, the green devil masks is gone now, but I'm sure there'd be something like punishes your opponent for building up a field. And was that banishment? Yeah. Not, was it banishment? No. Uh, is that the one? Yeah. That did that. No, that's for how many you've got, isn't it? Banishment. Isn't it just in the field altogether? It might be a different one. Anyway, you're right. You know, if they've got to field more characters, if you can abuse that, um, you know, some targeted removal, so they've got to field the thing that they want to use back in, uh, loads of things to play around with it. Let us know what, what you would do, have yeah. been doing. Absolutely. Is it popular in your group? Yeah, let us know. Yeah. I could definitely see a situation where, like down at a local gaming store, everyone's getting bothered by that spike who just keeps bringing power stuff, and you just throw that mimic in just to... You might still lose, but it'll just make them sweat a bit. <laughs> you know, yeah. Or shift the meta. Like, uh, So if everybody brought that mimic, and Becky Lynch's and Master Mold's and Jubilee's and Thor's were all getting copied, then the meta would shift back towards Godcatcher, for example, that mimic can't copy. Um, so then you put a Mimic and a Moira McTaggart on your team and now you copy in any characters that they use and you're removing their continuous die and they're both two, three costs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, there's something fun. There's something there, unless we're missing something, of course. I'll reiterate, let us know if there's perhaps an element of this that we've not gotten on to. Someone's going to e- email or drop us a line and say, yeah, you realise you can just counter it with this and we'll be like, oh, uh. yeah. <laughs> and we're like, oh well, well, that's fifteen minutes of the podcast down the pan. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be too late by then; it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's why we talk about this stuff because we love to get your input and get ideas and just, well, yeah, we're just sharing what we're thinking about, really. So there we go. We'll wrap that up there. There's an unsung hero for you all. We did have another one on the back burner, but I think we've been going long enough, so we'll keep that one for a rainy day, uh, and we'll move to. I think it's just the outro, now, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Okay. On to the outro. Well, there we are then, folks. As all things must, this episode of the Ministry of Dice has come to an end. We hope that you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording it. And we did. Yep. Uh, Ant-Man is grey. And that's all I've got to say to finish the episode. (laughs) Actually, I do have another thing to say. So, quick shout-out. One thing that I've been very keen to do for a while now is make a a fun trailer for the Ministry of Dice YouTube channel. There's a You you can have a static video that's a trailer video that sits on your your homepage, on your YouTube homepage. Um, So, uh, I've had some submissions already, but I want to just call it out to the wider audience. What I'm looking for is members of the ministry, fans of the of the channel of our content to make a contribution i just want to acknowledge the fact that you're all awesome and get you involved so what i'm asking for is a kind of corporate like conference video parody where to camera in landscape you say i like this watching the ministry of dice or i love the ministry of dice because and then just whatever random thing you want to put in there sincere ridiculous off the wall 
whatever. In fact, they've all been pretty ridiculous so far in the right kind of way. So, yeah, just quickly to camera in landscape. I love the Ministry of Dice because, or I like watching the Ministry of Dice because, and then whatever you want to put in there, just footage of yourself and then your response. Uh, I've had a few in already, but now I'm in this weird spot where I've not quite got enough to make a full trailer, um, but I, I don't want to bin their stuff because they've all made a lovely effort and they're really funny, and so I'd like some more. So if you have, I mean, like less than a minute, just the time to to your, to your phone camera in landscape, put together a funny little thing and say, I love the Ministry of Dice because, and then email it over to me at chris at britroller6.com. I would be forever in your debt and super grateful, and I'd love to have some faces from around the community that are involved in our little content channel thing on the vid. I want to acknowledge your awesomeness, folks, so get involved. Nice. And Ant-Man's grey. Blue. <laughs> Uh, and that's it. Don't forget to sign up for the two-team takedown. Don't forget to sign up for the UK Games Expo. I'll drop all the usual places to get in touch with us in the show notes. So join our Discord, hit us up on Facebook, drop us an email, etc., etc. I don't think there's anything else, is there? Uh, I'd like to say to check us out on Twitch. We do live streaming every pretty frequently. Uh, there, We put up a, or Chris puts up a schedule for the month ahead on the BritRoller6.com website and everywhere else that he can. Uh, we mm-hmm. have uh, a couple of cool things that we do. We do live gameplays, usually on a Wednesday. At the beginning of the month, we'll do a mod extra. That's a mod extra, so extra behind-the-scenes chat about all other things that we love, mostly movies and TV shows. Usually pick a specific movie to have a chat about. Uh, and then coming up to the tail end of the month, or if I got this the wrong way around? No, that's the right way around, yeah. Uh, we also, we then do a fighting fantasy uh, playthrough. So uh, remember those fighting fantasy books uh, that you had as a kid where you had to choose your own adventure uh, we uh, go through one of them. And do you know what? Our last one, yeah, yeah. I only did it in we one. We did it. <laughs> in the first time. I don't think that's that's ever been done before in the history of the world. Uh, so uh, do check those out. <laughs> They're a good few hours. Uh, we have a few drinks and a laugh and like to get people involved and roll the dice for us. So, uh, yeah, th- if you haven't, do check it out. Or if you're not sure, then check out the YouTube channel because we've got our recordings l- there, I believe. We do not all of them though, although it's on Mod Extra Gaming. But I'm about to oh, move Mod, Mod, Extra, Mod Extra Games and Collectibles, so just Mod go and watch us live, and then we'll we'll let you know when I get round to get round to. If you're interested in a lot of random random clips of uh, first person shooter games that I've played, and then just save the little clips, then I could make them all public, <laughs> and suddenly you would have like thousands of videos <laughs> with no where you, bar- <laughs> where you barely even say a word <laughs> yeah with no, no talking or um description be amazing i'll stop talking no, well, we'll, we'll move it over to my tabletop section on games and collectibles okay so it'll be moved but you can see them there what i'm saying fighting fantasy went off tangent yeah. they are a lot of fun G- yeah so all right, but well, this is the Dice Busters podcast so uh <laughs> thank you so very much just one final note we did say that this episode we were going to have a guest on uh, that was going to be really fascinating and super interesting and you should tune in but we did also say all things going to plan and as you probably gathered now at the end of the i'm here it's rip thunderstone how's it going <laughs> hello rip uh yes when's my interview plan. 
Um, yeah, we, we'll start it right now, but just let me say one thing to the audience before we get into it, okay? Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's all for now, folks. I've been Chris, otherwise known online as the true Mr. Six. Uh, and I've been Andy, a.k.a. Rip Thunderstone. <laughs> we'll see you in two weeks, folks. Maybe, bye, bye, bye. with a guess, Ooh. maybe not. Who knows? Who knows? Jinx. Now do your bye-bye thing. Bye-bye. to get extra, extra, extra large, which was a little bit depressing. <laughs> it was like on offer. It was like a bit cheaper because obviously no one is extra, extra, extra large. Um, and then I, I was like, oh, it's going to be too big. Uh, and then it come through the post today and I put it on. And it's like, oh, wait, that, that's, that's about right. <laughs> Those lockdown pounds. <laughs>